Well, good morning, Shelby Road. This is different. I wanted to remind all the kids to keep back at least six foot from the television because we're practicing social distancing. Actually, I always wondered what it would be like to preach if no one showed up. Now I know. This is different. But then our lives are different. They've changed quite a bit just in the last couple weeks. Most of you know that I've been in a series called The Comeback. You know that we've been talking about the fact that we begin to follow Jesus Christ and then sometimes we get off track. In the first week we talked about the fact that sometimes we get off track just because we stop doing something that's important. In the second week, we talked about the fact that sometimes it's a deliberate sin. Every sin doesn't get us off track, but sometimes a deliberate or a defiant sin will get us off track, and we talked about that and how to get back on track. But today I want to talk about something different. I know that our world has changed. Actually, none of us have ever experienced what's going on today. And so I think the question that we should ask is, can God be trusted? Can we trust God? And, and it makes a difference what emphasis you put in that question. Can we trust God? Well, that's debatable. Sometimes we aren't very good at trust. Sometimes we slide into fear or worry. And I want to remind you that that's a sin. But if we ask the question, can we trust God? Well, that's completely different. If we ask, is God trustworthy? The answer is obviously yes. So I want to remind you that lots of other Christians have gone through surprising and difficult situations. Do you remember Joseph? He grew up in a home where he was loved. In fact, he was his dad's favorite. Parents aren't supposed to have favorites, but sometimes they do, and Joseph was the favorite. He got special privileges, special clothes, we know that. And then one day, on a dime, it changed. One day his dad sent him to visit his brothers, and they grabbed him and threw him down in a pit. And maybe at the beginning he thought it was a joke, but it wasn't a joke when they sold him to the Midianites and they took him down to Egypt and sold him as a slave. In one instant, his life changed. He spent the next year as a slave to a man named Potiphar. He lived in his house for a few years and the Bible says the Lord was with him. Then he was accused of a crime he didn't commit and thrown in jail. And the Bible says the Lord was with him. In jail, he met a man who had government connections and the guy said, if I get out of here, I'll help you get out of here too. But when he got out, he didn't. But the Lord was with him. In the end, after about 15 or 20 years, Joseph met his brothers and when he did, he said this to them. He said, you meant this for evil in my life, but God meant it for good. How could have he said that? How could he say that? Because he really did trust God and God really was with him. Or how about Job? You know the story of Job. It's told in a book that's named for him. Lots of people think the book of Job 
is about suffering. They think the book is about answering the question, why do good people suffer? But that's not the point of that book. The point of the book of Job is, can we still trust God even when our lives suddenly change? Can we still trust God even if circumstances are difficult? You remember his story. He had a great life. He was living the good life. He had a business and a family, and then in one day it changed. Enemy raiders came in and destroyed his business. Then a tornado hit his house and all his kids, all his children, died. Soon after, he got a debilitating disease. Maybe it was coronavirus 19. We don't, we don't know, but it was serious. And in the midst of it, Job said this, The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How could he say that? In the middle of the book, when it's still very, very difficult, he says, even if I die during this, even if he slay me, yet will I trust him. How? How could he say that? Because when he gets to the end of the book, he's learned. And he says this, I know you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. He knew that God was absolutely in control, that nothing was out of his control and he could be trusted. So, can we trust God? Absolutely. Trust him to do what? Well, what he's always done. You see, God doesn't change. The world changes. Our lives change, but God doesn't change. The stock market goes up and down, actually more down recently. Diseases come and go, but God does not change. I am the Lord, I Change not. That's right. You know that verse. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's right. You know that verse. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above from the Father who does not change like shifting shadows. So we can trust that God will be who he has been. He will do what he has done. Now, I have a homework assignment for you. You say, homework? We don't get homework at church. Well, we have a lot more time at home in these days. So I have a homework assignment for you. I want you to read Isaiah 40 to Isaiah 46. Now in Isaiah 40 to 46, God's talking and he keeps giving statements about himself. And that's what I want you to find. I want you to look for those statements that God says about himself because they teach us things. In Isaiah 40, he starts by talking about himself, and he talks really about how the fact that there's no one like him. He says, who can you compare to me? There's no one like me. He says, I made this world. I made all this world, all those stars, those billions and billions of galaxies and trillions and trillions of stars. I made them all, and I hold them in my hand. They're, they're, they're nothing to me. I have this all in my hand. Basically, he's saying, I'm awesome. There's no one like me. Pizza isn't awesome. Football isn't awesome. God is awesome. Now, then he goes on in those next chapters, and he's talking to the children of Israel. I know that. And he's talking to them about things that were going on in their life 2,000 years ago or more. But what he's saying applies to us. So let's look for the things that God says about himself that can remind us of things 
we need to know. The first one is in Isaiah 41. In Isaiah 41.10, he says, So do not fear, for I am with you. That's number one. God is right here. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, because I am your God. That great God of Isaiah chapter 40, he's still our God today. The God of Joseph, the God of Job, he's still our God right now, and he's right here. He goes on to, to state this again, just a couple verses later in, in chapter 41, verse 13, where he says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not be afraid, do not fear, I will help you. He says, I've got your hand. I'm holding on to you right now. You don't have any reason to be afraid. Now, when he was talking to these people, it was difficult days. In verse 17 in that chapter, it says, the poor and needy search for water, but there is none. I guess today it would be the poor and needy search for hand sanitizer and toilet paper, and there is none. But the point's the same. The point's the same, that God's going to be there for us. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. But I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. Which leads me to number two. God is right here. And number two, God will be faithful. We can trust that God is going to be faithful in these days. When we get to Isaiah 43, he adds another promise. He says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. He says, I not only created you, I redeemed you, and I brought you into my family, and now we're connected. You belong to me. And then he adds this promise. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Wow, what a great promise. No circumstance is beyond him. And no matter what circumstance we're in, he's going to go through it with us. And it doesn't matter if we're young or if we're old. He says in Isaiah 46, Listen to me, O house of Israel, all you who remain of the house of Israel, you whom I have upheld since you were conceived and have carried since your birth. God says, I was there the day you were born. And I've had you in my hand every day since. He goes on to say, Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. He says, I was there the day you were born and I'll be there all the way through your life. Whether you're young or old, I'm right there in your life watching over you. We have no reason to be afraid and to fear even though our situation is surprising and difficult because nothing that surprises us surprises God. Now, if it's true that God's right here and God's going to be faithful, he's going to continue to be faithful, then how should we respond? Well, I want to suggest we should make three commitments today. All of us together, we should make them. Here we go. Number one, I will wash my hands. No, that is not the kind of commitment that we need. I will practice social distancing. No, 
It's not that those things aren't important. We should do those just because it makes sense to do those. But we should live a certain way because we have a God in our life who's right here. And every day he's faithful to us. So what commitments should we make? Number one, I will believe what God says when he speaks. I'm going to take God at his word and I'm going to believe what he says. So when you're reading through Isaiah 40 to Isaiah 46 and you read those statements about God, by faith we're going to believe that God is who he says he is. When he makes those promises, don't be afraid for I am with you. We're going to believe those and we're going to build our lives on the promises of God. Pastor Steve talked to us about this last week, that we should grab hold the promises of God and we should. You know that old song, standing on the promises that cannot fail. Do you remember the next line? Standing on the promises that cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. That's right, that's right where we are today. Standing on the promises that cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail by the living word of God, we shall prevail. We're standing on the promises of God. Commitment number one, I will believe what God says when he speaks. Commitment number two, I will choose to do right when I'm tempted. And we're going to be tempted. These are difficult days. But we will choose to do right when we're tempted. So when we're tempted to fear, we'll choose trust. We will be tempted to fear. We already are. We'll be tempted to worry. You say, what do we do when we're worried? We practice Philippians chapter 4. Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer. We'll talk to God. With thanksgiving, we'll take time and remind ourselves and talk to God about all the great blessings he's poured into our lives. And we have them. Honestly, like this right here. Years ago, we couldn't have done this. We couldn't have met this way, but we can today, and it's a blessing of God. I will choose to do right when I'm tempted. When I'm tempted to hoard, I'll instead choose to be generous because that's how the children of God act. The children of the world fear, and so they hoard. The children of God trust, and so they can still be generous even during difficult times. I will choose to do right when I'm tempted, when I'm tempted to be unkind or selfish or harsh. Instead, I'll be kind and selfless and full of compassion. When the world's scared, they need a church that trusts God. When we trust God, we can reach out to others in compassion and kindness. Commitment number one, I'll believe God when he speaks. Commitment number two, I will choose to do right when I'm tempted. And now the third commitment, and it's the hardest one of all. I will be submissive when I'm tried. I'll be submissive when I'm in trials. And that's where we are right now. We're being tried. We're in a trial of our faith. And what we're saying together today is we're going to choose to trust God. We'll be submissive to his plan. So that means this. Number one, I'll accept what God sends without complaining. 
no matter how difficult it is, doesn't give us a right to complain. I heard a good sermon on that. It was very short, but it, it was powerful. We, we will choose to trust God. We'll trust even when we can't see what he's doing. And we don't know what he's doing. Who's known the mind of the Lord? Who can be his counselor? We, we don't know what God's doing, but we'll trust him anyway. And I'll believe he has a purpose, and his purpose will stand. I believe God's doing something. Because God is doing something. And we'll trust that he knows what he's doing. Now, I'll leave you with one last promise, one last great statement that God makes in Isaiah. In Isaiah 46, he says, Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning. God says, this didn't catch me off guard. I knew about this way back at the start. This is all a part of my master plan. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know how difficult this is going to get, but God does, and that's why we can trust him. I make known from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand. I will do all that I please. We can trust God because although we don't know what's happening, he does. Although we don't know what he's doing, he does. And what he's doing must be for our good. It must be. God works all things together for good to those who love him like we do. I encourage you, keep trusting God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for reminding us of who you are, for reminding us that you're right here and you're going to be faithful. And now I ask that you'll help all of us, every one of us, to make these commitments and keep them as your children. Father, help us to believe what you say when you speak and help us to choose to do what's right, even when we're tempted. And Father, I pray that you'll help us to be submissive when we're in trials and to continue to trust you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.